live from New York. It's a podcast. <laughs> Hello and welcome to Cape Crisis, the comic book podcast hosted by me, Henry Gilbert. How's it going? Hey. Oh, wait, does it usually the noise goes? Yeah. There we go. I should have tested the levels first. Yes. Woo. Why did you mention... Uh... <laughs> well, first, let me keep explaining. Hey, this is the great comic book podcast mm-hmm. on the Laser Time Network, where we talk about the latest news in the world of comic books, uh, graphic novels, and line art on pages, and we have a lot of fun doing huh. it. Okay, I might have something a little off topic to bring up. Mm. Not that, because what did you open us with? And this is Chris Antista. I'm Chris Antista, hey. everybody. I don't get a Spider-Man noise, except for maybe that one, the sexy one. I'm just oh. yeah. Six, these are all from the '60s Spider-Man <laughs> show. I don't know why we play them at the top, but we do. Mm. You introduce us with the live from New York. Yes, because this weekend was SNL 40, the 40th anniversary of SNL, which we all watched together here late into the night. I've been wrapped with that whole event. It was great. Uh, I, I'm a and and somebody had pointed out because Michael Raparez on Video Game Apocalypse did something based on my suggestion. How about? Worst video games based on sketch comedy because uh-huh. I'm such a huge oh. not sketch fan. I'm a huge SNL fan. Yeah, and, uh, I've read a you ton do of books like on sketches SNL. too. I do, but like I I know a ton about it. Well, there's a ton to know. Yep. Uh, and so what I did collect for you as a surprise in honor of the 40th anniversary of SNL, mm-hmm. I have a bunch of sound clips of superhero sketches throughout the 40 Whoa. years of SNL. Oh, and we that will get is to that awesome. In the second segment. So oh man, I'm already imagining what sketches were there. Don't don't call don't spoil anything right. for the listeners, but if you're into if you're comedy <laughs> nerds like me, you're really going to love And me. And in you, you're really going to love the second half of the show. Yeah, no, all right. I'm looking forward to that. Yeah, mm-hmm. it was uh the special was a lot of fun. Mm-hmm. It uh I, it was messy, mm-hmm. too, like really messy in parts, but that's kind of what SNL is. Like, I was too, a like shocked by how messy it was given the 40th, it's the 40th year they've done you it. You thought they'd be more prepared. But as I speculated, having worked on these dumb things before, uh, I would bet it was primetime mm-hmm. on a Sunday when uh, they don't have their crew. They yeah. have a different crew. Uh, who has never done a live broadcast, let alone an SNL pro- Well, but it was weird for them to celebrate the crew at the end mm-hmm. and then them take it because I was like, these guys, are so are these your regular crew? Do if so, why are they so bad? If their union, how much it would have cost to bring the same crew back on yeah, a Sunday. I guess so. Mm. So maybe the crew that was there was just like, let's just I be celebrated by Mike Byers. I, I bet they were free agents who just didn't. Yeah. Who, who, there's no other show like SNL. If you, if you <laughs> haven't done it a thousand times, you probably mm. don't. We should talk about comics. All right. So I want to deviate into what you've been reading Wait, section. All right. Well, this is how we normally start the shows with mm-hmm. what you've been reading. But you say you want to deviate? You after, want to be a, you, sweetie, a what you. you've been reading deviant? Yeah, mm-hmm. after, after you. I wanted to talk, uh, talk about something. Well, I haven't read a ton this week, but um, the two big ones I read today are both Spider-Man related. Sorry Ooh. to bore you guys with Spider-Man. Uh, but I read the first issue of Silk. Mm, how was that? Which is really good. Like, and it uh, it had a fun tone that, like, it's interesting that now they're going to have three different ongoing Lady Spider-Man, sp- Lady Spider books, like Lady Spider-Man, Jesus, uh, Spider Women mm-hmm. books. Like, I I wrote that this morning. And I think it's refreshing that there's more ongoing titles starring Spider Women than mm-hmm. there are Spider Men. Though, when I was actually doing the math in my head, that's a little fuzzy because. There's amazing, yeah. but I think that's the only amazing one point one shit. Well, there's a t- there's t- two amazings a month, and then usually an extra. 
But it's still just the one thing Spider-Man Peter Parker stars in. Mm-hmm. Then you've got Spider-Man 2099. Ultimate. And Ultimate. But mm-hmm. Ultimate's about to end. But Is so, it? So, yeah. Oh, you think so with uh, Secret Wars? Yeah. I've oh. been pretty open about that. But hey, I didn't hear it. But look, that's neither here nor there. Like, this, the Silk book is really cool, especially because... She was introduced, and I wasn't in in, in amazing, Ooh. and I couldn't really get a good handle on her character too much. Like she she seemed to be impulsive, and but what, um, she's not a clone <sighs> of Peter Parker. No, no, she was also bit by the thing. Yeah, like she was, but they have pheromones that constantly attract them to one another. They want to do it. Yeah. Well, but also they they can know where one another are. Kinda, uh, yeah, are, and they just have this deep are connection. Bonded, yeah. yeah, but that she's uh, I. They built more. The they dug into this book. Mm-hmm. They dug more into her character. In like, they explored how she lived in a bunker for mm, ten years. Yeah, and didn't know doesn't know how to associate with people. And so she has like awkward mm-hmm. moments and is just trying to figure out who she is. And she like has these fun bits of trying to learn how to be a superhero too. And she wants Spider Man support, but she also wants to keep a distance from him. And it's just really, and also they're building up Black Cat as mm-hmm. like one of her main bads in the book, and they hired this um, this of uh, uh, woman as the artist who it's kind of like both an unbeatable Squirrel Girl and this, and also in the upcoming um, Spider Woman issues when she's got a new costume, they Marvel keeps hiring these people who draw different. Mm-hmm. Like I'm I'm wondering if you can credit it to the success the critical success of Hawkeye mm. because Hawkeye looked like nothing else on the yeah. Marvel shelves like it was a very specific um, like toned down stripped down style that wasn't that was more real like, human looking than than the giant bodies and when I got I, when I had the, the comic renaissance hit me a few mm-hmm. years ago when we started the show uh, Ramos's art was in stark contrast to the rest yeah. of the Marvel Universe. Yeah. Um, very, very cartoonish and exaggerated. Mm-hmm. And, I mean, that came before Hawkeye. Yeah, but, no, but... Well, yeah, but Hawkeye... Humberto Ramos is like... It is cartoonish, but mm-hmm. the bodies are like... They almost have, like, hydrocephalic heads and stuff. Mm-hmm. Like the, the, I don't the, know what that means. Uh, that's that's what uh, Billy Quizboy suffers from in Metroid. <laughs> All right, yes. Large little next, heads. Little necks, big but, heads. Well, meanwhile, in in yeah. <laughs> meanwhile in Hawkeye, that's drawn very toned down, very stripped down, mm-hmm. like an indie comic. Like, art, art Deco, I guess. <laughs> I don't like, have a lot of art this. Films. Feels like VG Empire, where we're trying to talk about music and we oh, don't boy. know the language of music. You're right, we should move but, on. But I'm just saying that that Silk's art style follows mm-hmm. the lead of Hawkeye in good ways, mm-hmm. it, and it makes it feel different from Spider Man. And Spider Man, I think, should feel like. An over-the-top mega blockbuster because that's what it is, mm. like, or it can be sometimes. Like, it has big events happening. Like, yeah. Spider Verse was a mega event of a lot of dudes fighting. Mm-hmm. <coughs> oh, all right. Um, and then the other book I, I read, speaking of Spider Man, was Spider Gwen out. Just out of curiosity, next week. Next and week. I cannot wait. I Sp- will buy that. Spider Gwen and Amazing um, Spider Gwen. Then the uh, the Spider Verse epilogue and Amazing come out. And oh, okay. Apparently, big things happen in that slot. Is telling us big, big things. Which is the new status quo for Amazing? Well, they seem. Well, they're setting up that. Okay, there was a little. I I'm really wondering where they're going to go with this because they are setting up. Uh, they had this scene where, in the last part, Spider, the superior, 
found out that the Nick that the Peter from his universe mm-hmm. he realized he's from after Superior, not before. Mm-hmm. So he knows he loses. Oh yes, and, that's right. And all then right. there's a little moment where they say, like, well, I guess it's all over, right? And then Superior goes, hmm. And so I'm wondering if he's going to do a brain swap or something. Not a brain swap, but as a constant enemy to real Spider-Man mm. is now Superior Spider-Man. Yeah. Prevent himself from going back in time or make a double. Only or... that we still have Doc Oct- Octopus in our world. Yeah. Yeah. That's true. He's we... been just pretty much erased. He doesn't exist anymore. Well, yeah, yeah, you're right. Yes. Uh, now his consciousness is alive and well in the Marvel Universe. Yay. Hopefully Battleground doesn't ruin that. So I'm interested to see where that goes. And, I, and I'm reading Spider-Man 2099. The, the first collection came out. And I like it because it is um, it has Peter David's very singular comedy style mm-hmm. to it or comedic dark sense of humor mm-hmm. to the world of superheroes. I do like that. Uh, and then also, hmm. I saw Birdman, which... Uh, Birdman! From a comic book standpoint... It's meaningless? No, but I mean, it... Uh, no, it's not. Like, it's about, hates comic book movies. But it's about how comic book movies are ca- conquering the world and how they're, they're garbage. How they're the opposite of art. The opposite of art and they're garbage. But it, I don't think that's a fair assessment. No. But um, I, I get his point. But it was an interesting film, and I, I merely only bring it up because if you want to hear all my thoughts on Birdman, you mm. should listen to this week's Laser Time, the big Oscar celebration where we Indeed. dig deep into every single movie nominated for Best Picture. Indeed. All right, so that was all I've been reading. I had all right, a, so what do you a deviating big time, but I did yeah. want to talk to you about it. Mm-hmm. And I'm sorry if you've read it already. I wrote up uh, period- periodically on LaserTimePodcast.com. We write up the new releases. Um, for Amazon, you click on them, you buy or buy anything on Amazon, you help support the show, it costs you nothing, you shop at Amazon, it's no big deal. Mm-hmm. Uh, but pick of the week was 101 Dalmatians. Uh, that came out a couple days ago. The, what, a Blu-ray? A Blu-ray. Blu-ray. It's, been, it's, okay. it's like th- that and Aladdin are the last things that have never been on Blu-ray and mm-hmm. might mark the end of my adventure in physical media. <laughs> uh, but I, It will I, be your final thing. Like when people... Bought the remastered Beatles stuff on CD. They're like, these are the last CDs I'm ever going to buy. A little, yeah, a little bit. because And I stopped buying most stuff just because, like, I mean, everything's kind of in HD now. And, like, yeah. renting stuff on Amazon is a lot easier than going to buy like, a disc. That I, I like having commentaries on TV well, the, the Dis- A, the Disney stuff. It, I Obviously, I'm a huge fan of Disney stuff. If you don't yep. know me. Um, but it has it's stacked with amazing special features always. And the restorative, the restorative transfers on these, like, this is, uh, 101 Dalmatians is over 50 years old. And, like, outside of the, the aspect ratio, you wouldn't know it wasn't made yesterday. Mm-hmm. That's how animation looks, even up to in, like, DreamWorks and uh, Pixar stuff. You put them in a Blu-ray player, you immediately see a difference. I remember yeah. watching those things on VHS. It's, it's an immediate difference. Yeah. It's different from, I mentioned in the article, I'm going to mention a lot of stuff I wrote in that article. Like, it's different from, like... Huh, I never noticed the pockmarks on Bill Murray's face in Ghostbusters. It, it's it's different. <laughs> like you are, like it looks when you see animation remastered in such in a great way, it looks like it was made yesterday. And it always will. And that's why when it's timeless magic, like no, it's not magic, it's just timeless because we have animation on TV right now and yours looks just like that. Because it's hard to yeah without computers if it's just dr- lines on a screen yeah. moving like good it point hasn't changed much since yeah then. unless you're kicking Hitler in the ass no one will know what what year well, this came yeah from. I mean like 
them listening to the Victrola in in uh, in 101 Dalmatians or um, the fashion sense of Cruella Deville. Like I that do, dates it a little. I do believe it's the first because Disney uh, animated film where they're watching a TV. And here, but here's oh, yeah. what here's what got me because I'm watching a special feature after I watch the movie. The movie's great. Love the 101, 101 Dalmatians. It's one of the first non musicals really that Disney made. Um, while Disney was still alive, one of the, the last films he was there to supervise. I loved, it as a kid. I loved it as a kid. They I also remember like reading how they xeroxed ones. That's because, oh, exactly what I right. was going to bring up because one of the, I just clicked on the special feature, and sometimes it can be a little bit of a crapshoot. This one, not blaming the kid, but like is clearly hosted by an enthusiastic kid who stars in a Disney Channel show who I don't recognize and this, uh. has made a like. VH1 E show esque thing is special feature in 101 Dalmatians. He's like, did you, uh, did you know it's the first Disney movie set in contemporary times? I'm like, Lady and the Tramp was six years ahead of time. <laughs> I have looked into that, and like, apparently it's from 1909. That date is I... never shown in the film. It's it's written in the description on IMDb. That's the only line to go on. I that's believable for the world. Well, I mean, did Siam Siam didn't exist in that? It <laughs> um. And then they're like, it's also the first Disney edit. It's so contemporary. It's the one only Disney movie with a car. And I'm like, I just, you should go take a ride on Mr. Toad's Wild Ride <laughs> that is in a car, <laughs> which figures in very heavily to Mr. Toad. Oh, uh, you got that kid. It, boop, well, I'm boop. not get, trying to get the kid. Boop. This is an official feature. It's the new feature. It's like, Sorry. it's not I just, true. I just love Damn. that line. I just love that. Boop, boop, boop. boop and. Boop. As a Disney fan for years, uh, I've been told this is the Xerox process movie. Sleeping Beauty mm-hmm. lost the studio a shitload of money, was not profitable in its original run. Mm-hmm. Uh, cost, like, was a huge, huge failure uh, in terms, and financially, uh, they weren't sure if they were going to make another movie again. It took a long time to decide to do 101 Dalmatians, and the only reason that was done was the Xerox process, mm-hmm. which uh, normally you have a lead artist who draws a sketch and then someone. Uh, traces over to inks and you even have in-betweeners so people who would draw the movements in between the main lead artist uh, specifications but what the Xerox process allowed you to do uh, was to take the artist drawing and scan it into a machine that would put it directly on the cell so it it, it was A a challenge for the artist I think uh, that I mean when you sketch you have rough outlines everywhere uh, and you and that's why they did the ink process to Mm. me the ink process is what makes these movies look so timeless you can blow them and stretch them as big as you want. Oh, but the ink is still the, the line art is still the stick. line art is still beautiful. Like mm-hmm. you, you can't like it's hard to see it uh, like any artifacting on it. Um, the Disney propaganda machine that also told us it's the first movie with a car and the first contemporary film is like it's just a revolution in the animation process, but also cost the jobs of dozens of inkers, um, mostly women. Mm. Mostly women, because Disney is on record saying, uh, you employ a lot of women. Like, yes, women are some of the most... The women who work in the department are the most talented artists I've ever seen. But women are all bad at movement. <laughs> and, like, I was just, wow, he would be so crucified today for saying yeah. that. And I'm like, could you... Uh, I, I, kept, I kept searching, like, could, I, could you please elaborate on why you think... That's a weird... It's yeah. the only thing I can think of is that whenever you see pictures of old animators that are like on this drawing board, is them making a bunch of goofy faces and falling down and like, huh. yeah. I, I just made a bunch of faces yes. to Chris it, it without up. realizing. 
maybe that's not a that was not a thing women did in the forties. Uh, maybe I can see I, them not wanting to do that on the yeah, I, not being allowed. But it did like it. it it's all, it's one of those things that it's hard to measure outside of your own time. Mm-hmm. Like it's you don't know what it was without. Well, you'd have to do some real research to and it's figure so, out what it was like. It's then sort of it, so it bugged me because a that's a weird. It wasn't necessarily a great thing. the The Xerox process got better. Mm-hmm. Uh, for Jungle Book and Sword in the Stone, but the Blu-ray amplified what is the beginning of the Xerox process. And if you haven't seen 101 Dalmatians on Blu-ray, I do recommend watching it. But it's scratchy, charcoal. Mm. It's very, it's very, it looks very 80s because that's how, like, when 80s movies looked a little rougher. Yeah, it, it looks, it looks less clean than every oh. other Disney film, uh, and. I just I thought that was so strange and, and like it works as a style for 101 Dalmatians I think if you just consider it a well, style it's kind of a well it's dingy 60s London like it's kind of it's kind of a gross <laughs> but I, and I, I should have hit you with this beforehand but like it did make me think like this process overnight essentially eliminated the team of inkers um, that is sad but that's something that's still done in comics yeah there are still well it's I think inking is like not the right word anymore. Not anymore. It really is. It. I mean, yes, technically. To I me, there is the no but... way that a Marvel artist is scanning in a drawing and it's creating those hard outlines. No, no, it's a it's There's a no finisher. Way what it is is like the person will draw the 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 penciler will. Have you build... seen Chasing Amy? You're a tracer, man. Yeah, that's that is what Chasing Chasing Amy explained it well. Mm-hmm. Uh, I think like as somebody, let me just. Preface this by saying I don't actually work in the comic industry. I've never worked with an artist okay. or an inker. Thought you were going to throw Kevin but Smith under the bus. I don't no. actually like him. Everybody who hates no, him. No, no. <laughs> like I'm cool with Kevin Smith. He's I, happy to hear that. Yeah, I know. He he really and <laughs> and also somebody who's trying to build our our own podcast empire. Maybe mm. not the best thing to make fun of somebody else's podcast empire. Son of a bitch. Um, but uh, what'd you do to us? But anyway. No, the uh, yeah, the 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 penciler, mm-hmm. they build the whole scene, mm-hmm. like or the, through from the the writer writes a script. If it's a full script, they say panel this, draw this, panel this, draw this. Mm-hmm. This is what happens on the page. The penciler builds it whole cloth. What's on that page, mm-hmm. but might make mistakes, might might not finish drawing in all the background or a character's face. And then they pass it to the next person. Like, okay, I will, they pass it to the inker who makes more defined lines on Spider-Man, gets him more of the musculature, perhaps. Mm-hmm. Gets the backgrounds. Like, fills out the rest of the page. It makes it... Okay. Like, if you... Uh, I, I first learned about it when seeing, like... Um, uh, the When I first noticed the difference an inker can make was in the final issue uh, Eric Larson drew of mm-hmm. Amazing Spider-Man number 350. Sure. Which is a great issue. And it ends with uh, Eric Larson pinups of mm-hmm. like cool Spider-Man scenes. They're all awesome looking. and But each is inked by a different Spider-Man artist. Oh, and it totally, you can see them putting their style on top of him. Really? They're inking. Like with the shadows attitude, with different outlines. Huh. Sometimes with facial features have been re- it's changed up a little bit in non-Spider-Man characters. It it's a great way to see the hmm. difference uh, an, a, an inker can the the stamp an inker can put on. That's and that's exactly why I asked you because like I, I don't think that exists in animation anymore. And I've seen a couple behind the scenes video of Marvel artists working now and DC artists working now, and they do work on like a tablet. And but I guess there's there's 
probably some pen and paper work and some rough roughness that's removed during the process. And I do believe those old Disney cartoons. I, th- I remember a documentary that said for a seven-minute cartoon, there's a thousand drawings. There yeah. are not a thousand drawings in your app. In like, it may not be a thousand drawings in like Hawkeye. <laughs> <laughs> I don't know. I, I don't know the pencil much. But, but Even anyway, if you're counting panels. So you're, so you're saying that Dalmatians looks pretty, looks a bit aged? No, it amplifies, like, it's, if that was a style, it's brilliant. It's scratchy charcoal, and you can see, like, sketch lines, because once you, when you know the history of it, I just, I hate to, like, I haven't watched the rest of the special features, but I, I heard that they do acknowledge, yeah, we revolutionized this so we could make this economically feasible. We fired everybody, and <laughs> this a position that doesn't exist anymore. It made me curious if, that, if like, in the digital age, well, you can just draw into a tablet if there was still a, a process for inkers. Well, it was what, more, what you're saying makes sense. Yeah, I, I do think they're starting to disappear some, and I think they are being lessened. But I mean, that's what happened. Like, colorist was a real job, and now, like, once people got computer programs, like got that paint bucket tool. Fifteen years ago, once yeah. they got a dependable coloring system, like they didn't need. Colorist wasn't as specialized a job anymore. There still are colorists, but it's probably a machine like uh, you want to use the Stanley Red there and use the Stanley Blue, um, or or a good colorist like say uh, I believe Andy. L- no, not Andy. We don't Landing, call the colorist anymore, Henry. <laughs> I I know there's a good colorist out there, but I'm just saying. Uh, the, like the one who worked on, it, she's really good, and she worked on Planetary. I remember she takes on a ton of, she takes on way more coloring jobs than she would have before when it was painting mm. by hand. Like now that she can do it on a computer, uh, and then meanwhile, like lettering, like that, mm. that's kind Is of it gone? dead. Well, no, I mean, I think, you know what, actually, I'm going to pull up Comixology real quick and see if there is a credited letterer on the issue of uh, Silk I just read today, like, hmm. and who the who the credited people are on it, because... I don't know that that, that even exists anymore. It's probably, there, you're right, it's probably something the finisher ends up doing. Well, I mean, there were lettering programs being introduced way late in... And guys, listening, I know we're ignorant, and I know you're going to send us messages. <laughs> Be nice, I want to know, you don't have to call me a dummy in order to inform me. Uh, but then, though, you know, there are there's still art to... You know, there's still art to how you draw. How I you... do love that, yeah. and I'm, I'm much more like uh, adept in the world of animation. But I, mm-hmm. I do admire that process, and it made me think more about the comic process. Uh, so yeah, let's see here. The there is a color artist mm-hmm. on Silk named Ian Herring, and uh, the letterer is VCs Travis Lanham, which sounds like mm-hmm. there's like a service called VC that then he writes for. I. <laughs> Now, now I'm sounding very uninformed on the process here. Yeah, so I, I have not kept up with lettering. It's embarrassing. The last thing I remember learning about letterers was mm-hmm. uh, somebody saying, like, oh, are you worried the color that uh, the coloring process will disappear? And Rob Liefeld said, like, well, you, you should only worry when DC gets rid of it because DC still does uh, is so backwards, and they still do word balloons by pasting paper on top of paper. No, they like, don't. In the late 90s, they still did. No, and, they don't. Yeah, oh, yeah. my God. They're not so backwards now. Like I've been to the DC Comics uh, Burbank offices. Mm-hmm. It's actually very, very uh, modern. Like It's a very modern office. Well, I, yeah, and it also reminded me, because I think there was a new issue. Issue 117 of Invincible came out today, and I'm way behind in Invincible, and that's easily one of my favorite... Uh, comic discoveries the last two years mm-hmm. um, and yeah I was, I'm just going to pick that up again and at, at the end of every issue it's it's they do this in a lot of comics usually digital editions with exclusive content but all the collected editions of Invincible have the artist 
show his rough line drawings oh. and cut stuff and why he does what. It's it's fascinating if you bother. I know a lot of us skip past that stuff at the end of the comic. Yeah, because we have a yeah. big stack of shit. But like I, <laughs> got I, I a lot I, to read. For some reason, I look at it Invincible a lot because I really love the art uh, in that in that book. It's really cool. Uh, all right, and just a quick news thing hmm. uh, was that. They announced that they have cast a new Nightcrawler. So Nightcrawler mm. is going to be in uh, the Apoco- a- the Age of Apocalypse, I believe it's called, the next X-Men film. I googled, again, why did Alan Cumming never return to the role? Well, he didn't want to... He, he said, I can't find well, definitive the, proof on that. I had read that it was the makeup. It was the makeup was annoying and it was an underwritten part. I, so he didn't want to do it. I think they could have thrown enough money at Alan Cumming. I think I could throw enough money. No, sorry, Alan Cumming. I don't mean that. But I think... Alan Cummings is a highly sought after Broadway actor. Like he's, he's, I love Alan Cumming. But they got Rebecca Romaine back. Yeah. Who had... Who was... Like her star was way high. <laughs> and to put her in even worse makeup and make her even more uncomfortable. I... Yeah, I don't know. I, I don't either. But so it's I did not write down his name, but it's the She's young the young man from Dawn of the Planet of the Apes who yes. who is reading uh, Charles Burns's Black Hole comics <laughs> in it, which he then shows to the uh, I guess Cornelius uh, no Doctor Zaius uh, equivalent in the new in the Society of the Apes. What was that orangutan's name? I can't remember the orangutan. Which one, name. Maurice? Yeah, Maurice. Yeah, mm-hmm. he he reads it with Maurice. Some people call him that. But <laughs> I know. Uh, but the guy that they so the, the, the other thing I thought when I saw the dude they cast as Nightcrawler mm-hmm. was that Brian Singer has a type. Uh oh. Like, Where are you going with this, buddy? No, I'm just saying that it's the same kind of skinny, boyish looking young man. Right. Like I, this is not what to do with any Brian Singer allegations. Okay. I'm just saying the type of guys he casts in films. <laughs> well what? I'm not look. I'm just saying, I think Brian Singer has a type, that's all. Right. And he cast for it. I just think I don't know what's happening in this movie at all. Where <laughs> Doesn't make Patrick much Stewart sense. says, like, I'm not in it, but Ian McKellen is, and there's a young Nightcrawler. I'm like, where does this take place? It's, Who is, what's happening? It's really getting confusing Michael here. Michael Fassbender's in it, too? What's, what's going on? <laughs> oh, well, all right. So that's the news. Let's take a quick break. When we come back, I want to hear all about the Saturday Night Live stuff that Chris has prepared. Plus, Spider-Man! Plus, we'll have your your answers to last week's question of the week. See you soon. Foundation Plantation everybody thanks again for listening to cape crisis we really appreciate it and this is the break where i tell you how much i appreciate it and you don't skip the break because you appreciate it so much yeah uh but hey uh let me just tell you that if you want to show your love and support this show we could really use it go to lasertimepodcast.com when you go to that website you will see so many ways to assist in the production of the show other than just listening and spreading the word, which is always cool too, but you can click on the PayPal button that's on the page, and you can give a little donation. Think of it as just a little tip, like, hey, there you go. Good, good job, buddy. Or there's a t-shirt store. You can buy a t-shirt, a laser time t-shirt from the store right below that PayPal button. Or there's a bunch of links to Amazon. Buy anything through those Amazon links, not just the stuff we suggest. And a little bit of the sale comes our way at no extra cost to you. It's a nice way to help you help us 
and help yourself and you get to buy things through Amazon and you were going to buy stuff from Amazon anyway. I mean, come on. Uh, also, if you're listening to this on iTunes, be sure to subscribe. And if you haven't given us a review yet, I really would appreciate a new review. Reviews for the show give it uh, more visibility. It moves it up. It, it helps more people discover Cape Crisis. It's it really helpful for us. So please, please do that. And now, lastly, it's time for Hank's Corner Pick of the Week. This week's uh, one is going to be Tom Strong, as previously mentioned. Uh, this was from the America's Best Comic Line, where Alan Moore returned to superhero books at the turn of the millennium in the late 90s. And this was this colorful, kind of Doc Savage tribute, with Tom Strong being this, you know, uh, a super genius uh, ubermensch who, who had went on crazy adventures, but had real science underneath it all and had had a crazy like continuity that they kept referring to it was a really great book the first volume is the best it's first seven issues some of Alamore's best work in the last 20 years really great stuff so check that out uh there's a link to the first volume on amazon you can buy through us us and help us out as i said and it'll be on this week's episode page on lasertimepodcast.com so head over there and check it out all right and now, back to the rest of the show. Avengers Assemble! The ambiguously gay duo, the ambiguously gay duo, they are taking on evil come what may, they are fighting all crimes to save the day, they're extremely close in an ambiguous way, they're ambiguous. Hey, hey, we're back with hey. uh, part two. Of episode 125 of Cape Crisis. Live to tape from San Francisco. It's Cape Crisis. Yes, hi. It's Cape Crisis. Yeah, your, your Pardo's better. Can I, can I take the reins for a second, uh, I wish Pardo had been alive for the, know, this for the 40th anniversary. You almost made it. You almost made so it. so close. Uh, so this is... Select your hero. Our regular superhero, superhero spotlight. spotlight. But the yeah. spotlight is on a show that's... Superhero Spotlight is normally when we set aside a little time to talk about a the biography of a certain comic book character. But this is, is now we're going to focus on well, Saturday Night Live. We're going to do a little bit of that, uh, but just so Saturday Night Live. The molecular man. <laughs> Nothing. Whoa! What the hell? You didn't re- you didn't recognize the clip? Uh, is is that the is that from the first years? The, no, uh, ri- it's just a bad copy. It's <laughs> just a bad recording because well, this is a bad computer. You don't know what that is? Molecular man. The molecular man? No, I don't remember this. Okay, maybe this will help you out a little bit. Um, the molecular man, Henry. Who, who are you anyway? I am molecular. <laughs> the molecular man! Wow, I don't recall this one at all. No, this is uh, one, I think maybe the only time uh, this, this SNL was hosted by Conan O'Brien. Oh, okay. And he played Moleculo, the molecular man. And He's made of molecules. Looking at it now, it's like, this is a real one-note sketch, but it's also like super surreal in a modern way, <laughs> where the, the whole joke is that anytime someone says Moleculo, he has to look into the camera and, and yell, yes. the molecular man. <laughs> uh, the molecular man! <laughs> uh, sorry, the only Conan sketches I remember was... <laughs> When he was the uh, 1920s oh, boxer. Yeah. I'll box uh, his pudding. I'll pepper his porridge. <laughs> now, this is one of my favorites, but I... The molecular 
it's just fun to play over and over and over again. I was thinking of the Fantastic Four villain who actually is the Molecular Man. It's surprising that there haven't been more superhero-centric sketches on that. Well, SNL. they have to get very specific. Like, that yes. you need... And if it was, if it's not a superhero is just in a movie, mm-hmm. like, say... Yeah, you're right. When Pete Holmes did the X-Men yeah. stuff, it was really about the X-Men comics, mm-hmm. but he had to, like cast them as their movie characters probably because just to make it clear like in case people don't read X-Men comic books let's make them at least look like Brian Singer's X-Men and uh, I wanted to go back to the first because like um, I was so excited about the SNL 40th special Mm -hmm. because the greatest moment in my life I've had with the television airing was the SNL 25th anniversary episode. Mm. It opens with Bill Murray doing his... It's magical. It's great. I showed you guys a couple weeks ago and they cut out a couple of clips that I genuinely loved and, and like I've I've revealed myself as a, a hardcore SNL person I've said this a couple times and a couple people have gotten back to me it is really hard to go back and watch the first couple seasons uh, the world does not know who these not ready for primetime players are they don't um, know they're geniuses they, yes they're not geniuses yet they're unknowns and the audience doesn't react at all it's very awkward and, and, and there's a lot of painful silences there's not only a lot of painful silences like most you hear about like partying and all this cocaine going on uh people don't even really seem to bother to learn their lines or rehearse like <laughs> yeah. it's it's a lot of this shit is super rough and i want to take you back what why why are they on the which co- what year were they on the cover of spider-man oh that john was, belushi's um, samurai it was the late 70s like i think mm-hmm. i'm gonna say i'd say 78 or 79 but uh it was it was late and i think this late. is probably a good example of uh, why they didn't do a lot of superhero sketches? Because this seems to me, if done in the right way, mm-hmm. this could have been like the fucking trailblazing thing of internet gold had it existed <laughs> twenty years earlier. Uh-huh. But it's, it was a it was a super it was a superhero party, uh-huh. um, and it was from a nineteen seventy nine episode, I believe, from the fourth season with um, host Margot Kidder, who was wow. Lois, Lane Lois Lane in yes. the Superman movies, and it. So of course they're going to do some superhero stuff. They are, but it's like it's. It, it looks great, but like uh, it's it, it dies. It dies in front of you, and it's ten minutes long and a bunch of excruciating concepts. That's not really also very why fun. it's hard to watch those things. Like this scene is so fucking. And, like in uh, late, that's what made the eighty pre eighty six years like mm-hmm. really hard to watch. Yeah. Like. All right, the whiners. I get it. They whine. Oh my god! It keeps but I can, you going. Can, in the in those first years, you can see the writers wanting to do a ton of comic stuff. Uh huh. And the way nerds. they treat it is if as if like all of this is common knowledge. Mm-hmm. And uh, here's here's an example clip. You know, I'm surprised Clark Kent isn't here. Out he comes. I invited him. <laughs> you know, it's funny. What about Clark? What? Have you ever noticed how you never see Clark and the Flash together at the same time? <laughs> That's funny. Matter. It's dude, it's totally funny, but that the the, the audience doesn't get it. Jane Curtin Jan, Jan, Jane Curtin is playing a uh, uh, Lana Lang. Lana Lang. Which, wow, that's a the very specific who Lana Lang is. Uh, yeah. And and she's talking to Gilda Radner who I think is playing uh Flashes Beverly uh Oh wait, Iris? What I, I, Beverly. I, oh like Beverly, wow. That's... Uh like I I had to look it up. I'm like, who is this? Beverly. But it, it's very, very, very specific. And well, the, yeah. and none of these jokes really go over all well, that. Well that's such like a it's so out of the comic pages of how can we never see Clark Kent and Superman in the same room? Like 
That is a comic nerd question that the regular like audience mm-hmm. in New York City had not ever thought of. Maybe, yeah. Maybe. I think at the time this this should be revolutionary to listen to that somebody bothered to do this. Yeah. But oh, yeah. it does die. Henry, do you know who plays Superman? Because the sketch takes place of Superman uh, and Lois Lane are having a party. Let's see. Uh, Garrett Morris. They go. Oh. They go. Extra He's silly. black. He can't play white person. <laughs> Murray. I'll prove myself wrong. It is Murray. Bill Murray is playing uh, Superman, um, and you'll hear a sketch. I believe is Flash and Beverly walk in. Oh. A corkscrew. A corkscrew. Oh, thank you. Oh, thank you. You know, it's the one thing I could really use around the house. You know, lately I've been sucking the cork out, and I end up drinking the whole bottle. <laughs> thank you. Yeah. That's, you that's really a joke from an alcoholic. That's okay. Flash? Beverly, want some punch? punch? Oh, great. Well, thanks. I just had them there. Uh, well, you, well, you asked me. Yeah. <laughs> we well, blinked your eye. You want know? to some more? <laughs> I just had some there when you just asked me the second time. <laughs> Honey, you better slow That was funny. <laughs> it's, a, it's an okay it joke. The audience doesn't give a shit. Oof. Until, uh, then that's Dan Aykroyd as the Flash. Yeah. I feel so, well, I also, I feel so bad for the performers because they're all like the stupidest outfits ever. Oh, so, like. They must feel like idiots. And also, and, and listen, listen to them talk. None of them. They all flub their lines. Yeah. They all like oh, you stop using it, their you stage blink, voices. Blink, yeah. And, except for one guy, and that's why people treasure him. And, and, they, and you don't have to. You don't have uh-huh. to know anything about the dude, but you know that he's a, he's he was a treasure that's now gone. John Belushi comes in playing the Hulk. <laughs> How was the parade? Were you the Grand Marshal again? No, it was Green Lantern's turn this year. We rotate. (laughs) (laughs) Boo! Laugh at that! Hulk, what happened to you? What do you think happened? I swear, first thing Monday morning, twin beds. Oh. (laughs) His wife is Cookie? Mm. Again, that's that's, that's just made up. No, I don't. I bet you it's not. He only has been with Betty. Like I think, if that's from the TV show, I didn't watch the TV show because mm, his outfit deep. is definitely the. I, I've seen that clip recently. That outfit is definitely the uh, the Bill Bixby style Hulk. Mm. Oh yes, for sure. But he is the. He totally fits. Like it's perfect casting. It he is. Is the Hulk? You like, have to like. He is the only one, in my opinion, that's like really, really trying. Yeah, and he's he's doing a great job. This is why people loved him. Well, like he, he never tanked. He disappeared sketch, into this like, character, yeah. and he's playing it at full volume constantly. He gets a gift for Lois Lane. Oh, we got a present for you. What? Kryptonite. <laughs> Uh, everybody else either doesn't have any idea who they're playing Mm -hmm. but I just I love that the writers pitches this is a 10 minute sketch there are no 10 minute sketches on SNL that's why I cut these clips (coughs) oh my god that's why Henry's coughing Um, Garrett Morris I was joking about Garrett Morris not playing a white person okay uh, because he does Uh, uh, Dan Aykroyd's inviting a bunch of as the Flash inviting a bunch of Marvel characters in which I don't know why it gives me such a thrill to see yeah but it does Listen. Hey, Spider-Man! All right! Spider-Woman, how are you? Hey. Ah, the thing! <laughs> They're imagining that Spider-Man and Spider-Woman are married. Excuse me. I'm not sure if I remember your name. I'm really uh, bad with names, you know. You don't remember me? We met several times. I, it's Ant-Man. A-N-T-M-A-N. Oh, right, right. Yeah. Uh, Ant-Man. 
Oh, what, are you, what are your superpowers again? You, you, you talk to the ants, is that it? Well, partly, but mainly I shrink myself down to the size of an ant while retaining my full human strength. Whoa. Really? Yeah. Oh, that's really impressive. <laughs> size of an ant with human strength. You must be able to clean house on those other ants. <laughs> <laughs> hey, check, check this guy out. Ooh. Got the strength of a human. Ant-Man, huh? Where are your ants? <laughs> they're, they're at home uh, in the ant farm. Jesus Christ. It's just Jared uh, Moore's it's... lack of committal to like, he sounds like my mother like trying, come on, stop crying. Here's a puppet. Man, look at me. I'm Ant-Man. Where does that voice come from? Yeah, what about it's you? It's a like choice. Oh, but the words, it's so funny. Like they're making fun. Like, it's such good nerd comedy of, like, it oh, is. wow, strength of a human. Well, there, wow. there's, there's one great moment to take away from it. Of course, it's Belushi's. And it used to go in every clip package from yeah. the entire first five years of SNL. Just a great joke. Um. <laughs> Sorry, I should set this up. This is a, a scream comes from the bathroom. And uh, because the Hulk is in there. Mm. <laughs> All right. All right. Sorry didn't see you sitting there on the pot there. <laughs> if the invisible girl is going to go to the bathroom, she should lock the door. <laughs> <laughs> I love the idea that he just shat all over yeah. Sue Storm's lap. <laughs> or at least it's pissed. <laughs> so none of this really works. Um, try, I can't even remember what, what clips these are. Let me see. The Hulk uh, looks like he lost some weight. Yeah, but he's still uh, way out of shape. I gotta get him to go on a diet this summer. Oh boy, did you see the love handles on the Flash? I mean, he stopped smoking again, and then he started smoking again, and now he smokes six packs a day. Well, they're all letting themselves go, and I mean, you know, who can blame them? I mean, since the Justice League of America wiped out all the supervillains, these guys have nothing to do. Tell me about it. Have you seen the Green Lantern? It's unbelievable. He looks like Orson Welles. Oh. <laughs> Who wasn't dead. Who <laughs> wasn't dead at that point. Uh, neither was Gilda Radner, the one speaking the part. Oh, uh, yes. A lot of dead people are going to yeah, appear in here. God, that made me... A little over the weekend I was thinking it's about more, how... more for me that, like, wait, that's... That's the premise of this time zone that all the villains are dead. Like that yeah. that seems like your premise for the entire sketch. Like Boy. what superheroes do when they're bored it's, and have nothing to use their powers on. It's so annoying to hear the the how the performers like not taking it seriously. seriously. Like them just coasting on like either knowing they're good or not caring and just like because eh, there's another a, a, a like, tie line in here and that's that they invited Clark Kent to the party. And he's the superhero uh, party. Because, yes, of and course, Clark Kent would be invited. He hasn't shown up. But uh, but Superman, Bill Murray's Superman has gone out for ice. Uh, coincidentally. By the way, is Superman here? Uh, Clark Kent does show up eventually. Here? <laughs> no, he flew out for some ice. Oh. So, Lois, I don't get to see you too much more now that you're married. Hey, Such a must be joke. great being married to the Man of Steel, huh? <laughs> I guess he must be a terrific Clark. husband, huh? Clark... <laughs> Can I confide in you? Well, of course you can, Lois. Well, I, I feel like I can talk to you, Clark, because I've known you for a long time, and from your article, you seem to have such a high opinion of Superman, but... Uh-huh. Clark, it's about Superman. I mean, 
I can't tell you how incredibly dull he is. I See, now... <laughs> That's so much setup to get to that it's, joke! Well, also, remember, Margot Kidder might have been going through a lot of weird substance Maybe. and mental issues at this point. Yes. But, and secondly, like, that's a real dork point to make mm. in 1970. Oh, and they wrote all his articles? No, that Superman is boring. Oh, yeah. Is that yeah. what she's saying? That He's Superman so is boring. Dull. And, like, and a part of the reason why it, I feel tragic to hear the sketch fail this much is because I think the writers assume like everybody knows these characters. Yeah. We don't need that. It's it's Cookie from Incredible Hulk, the right? The most famous characters around. <laughs> you have like, to know who they are and everybody knows Superman's kind of dull. No, they just actually know him as the most popular iconic superhero in the universe. Mm-hmm. The, the audience doesn't recognize this and then it goes into like a weird, like the most weird 70s joke that wouldn't even be funny anymore. It's about an est meeting. It's not. It's not offensive, <laughs> but you'll. you'll, you'll I mean, no. he's so kind hearted and all that, but he's so boring. Sometimes I think I'm going to lose my mind. Well, I, I, I'm surprised to hear that, Lois. Well, it's not his fault. He's from Krypton. I mean, he's just so straight, though. You know, when we got married, he was a virgin. So what's so bad about that? Both of you being virgins. Oh come on, Clark! I went out with the Hulk for six months. <laughs> <laughs> Yeah, that's <laughs> funny. Laughing at virginity is something well, I feel that is that is really funny. It's anymore. a joke of like, haha. People assume that woman's a virgin when she gets married. Haha. <laughs> I, that sketch is not very good. Oh, painful. And but it was painful to listen to. Just the no, other. The no. this one is better, but dated in its own unique way. Hmm. Um, I think it might be titled "What If." Um, it is. It's. It is. It's so weird. It's Jane Curtin hosting a show. Where Garrett Morris plays a general, and Gilda Radner plays a comic book collector, and they discuss seriously mm-hmm. what what would the world be like years before Red Sun if Clark Kent had crashed in Germany? What in, in the nineteen forties? Wow, that's what? the the idea that the the wow, I, n- I never knew about this. And they sketch. they debate it, and then they cut to a dramatization. That is the wow. a Superman sketch, but the idea that it's framed that way, it is framed like a dorky internet. It, it's it's the original dorky internet debate, like a what if scenario to get into. Comp- but they had no idea how to do it, wow. and it doesn't really work. And uh, let's see if you can guess who is playing Hitler here. German soldiers will never retreat from Stalingrad. The Russians are swine. Michael Just Palin? one step above the Poles. Christ. Two Henry. steps above the yes. gypsies. Oh, yeah. Four steps above the homosexuals. Five and a half steps above the Negroes. Nine steps above the dwarves. Fifteen steps above the gypsy homosexuals. Twenty-seven steps above Negro gypsy homosexual dwarves. Multiplication there. And forty-three steps above the Jews. Did I make- <laughs> Michael Palin playing Hitler. Um... <laughs> I believe also in the sketch did they is... they do the Dead Parrot sketch on this episode? No, that, no, no, no. That was they a did later. that in the late 90s. Okay. That died huge. Yep. Um, but I'm trying to remember what his name is. It's not Clark Kent. I remember uh, J- there's Jimmy Olstein, played by Al Franken, who will appear again... Oh, boy. ...in this, in this highlight, 20, right. in these highlights 20 years later um, as another Superman character. Um, oh, shit, did I get it? Yes, but more importantly, it's Dan Aykroyd's playing Clark Kent. I forget, Klaus Kent. Oh boy. Klaus Kent, um, and he's speaking to the Crystals to talk to um, his father. So it's movie Superman. This is when it goes into movie Superman because 
who played Jor-El in the movie. Uh, Marlon Brando, so it must be Belouche. My son. <laughs> I am your father, Jor-El. <laughs> your mother and I sent you to Earth as the only survivor of our planet Krypton. As you hear this, I would have been dead many centuries, but I will be reborn as Charlie Rich. I don't get it. I don't know who that is. I don't know who that is. Uh, even more offensive. Well, Bill, I'm gonna wiki this. Bill Murray is playing Pa Kent, who also speaks to him. It, Bill Murray's not playing Superman this time. Okay. Um, and he he convinces uh, Klaus Kent to reveal his true form to Hitler. When your surrogate mother and I found you in the black forest, we raised you as our own. We taught you how the Vaterland was stabbed in the back at Versailles. How Jews are parasites, and oh. how Germany will one day bring order to the world. This is all and over the place. Ever lift those Volkswagens by the bumper? Come right off in your hands. <laughs> That's a very Bill Murray joke. That's yeah, a... he's right. I will use my powers for the fatherland. But I. No, I can't cut scene, that out. He's Uberman. Goes... He's Uberman. Yes. The um, scene is going a long time. Um, Charlie Rich is uh, a famous uh, blues musician and uh, and looks similar to Brando at the time. That he does. Yeah. Uh, Born in Colt, Arkansas, so a fellow Arkansan, just like me and Matt Besser. And this is this is wonderful, just because it it just it's definitely a joke, but it crosses like a weird line. I don't think SNL would make even now mm-hmm. about Nazi Germany. Um, but this is that's why the show's being celebrated. It's been subversive for a long time. Uh, I think dude thinks this is pretty funny. He's he uses his X-ray vision to find a bomb in a suitcase uh, in Hitler's headquarters, <laughs> jumps on it, and saves Hitler. And the only reason it gets a laugh is because while Dan Aykroyd is in the closet as Klaus Kent to change into Uberman, he literally forgot to take off his Clark Kent pants. <laughs> Uh, so he's he's running around in slacks with the rest of the outfit, and then while he's on the ground, he quickly tears them off, and the audience erupts. And it's probably the biggest laugh of the sketch. But this is after after all of that, so they're feeling pretty giddy. Who are you? I am Uberman. I have superhuman powers, and I fight for untruth, injustice, and the Nazi way. And I have X-ray vision. X-ray vision. Can you see through my clothes? Yeah, and through his too. He's a Jew. My parents just had were very advanced. God takes his Jew away. No need. I'll drop him off at the camp on my way to the Eastern Front. <laughs> <laughs> See, like, Whoa! See, like, it's, we know there's a joke there, but that sounds like such a weird thing to say. It all feels. And then it, at the end of the sketch, it cuts to like Superman rounds up two million Jews. Wow! Um, it's <laughs> not a ton of laughs in the audience. Then goes back to the talk show that is imagining the scenario. Man, it just wow. This all as somebody who's who's amateurishly written <laughs> sketches before. <laughs> I mean, this just feels so first drafty. Mm. Like it's like, guys, do another draft, tighten this up, have one or the other. You don't need the comic book setup, do you? No, 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 not at all. Yeah. But just like even a title card. What if Hitler? What if Superman was raised in Nazi Germany? Yeah. Red Sun didn't need all that setup. Or just said, well, it was communism. It was the Nazis. Mm. It's the same thing. God, damn it. I'm saying this to stop. People are gonna 
uh, tell you wrong in the comments, so I need to make it clear now. And uh, okay, it, uh, you're right, Henry. The sketch was no. Uh... The molecular man. <laughs> All right, gonna there's got to be a few more. You're oh, there's definitely. To, right? We're gonna skip. We're gonna skip around in time a little bit. All right. Um, how about to avoid Superman? I'll jump ar- around to a sketch with Bill Hader and James Franco. Around the time of Spider-Man Two. Oh, so it's a Spider-Man sketch. It is. A, it's the closest thing they've had to like. Bill Hader is a big comic nerd. He yeah. is, and like, yeah. and like, this is. It is actually a pretty fucking great sketch. All but right. it was. It was one that aired at like twelve fifty. Ah, the the old last it's weird. ten uh, slots. It's, and it's the parody is it's post Spider-Man Two. I'm guessing right. that's what Franco's there promoting. Probably the uh, the fall after. Uh, mm-hmm. Season thirty-seven, I think it was. Huh. No, no, it's not thirty-seven. It's way before that, thirty-four. Um, but it's Spider-Man two, and he's appearing in James Franco's dressing room mirror as Willem Dafoe to speak to Spider-Man wow. as Willem Dafoe does. Oh, wow! And I'd never seen this, but it's pretty funny. <laughs> what do you want from me? I want you to kill Spider-Man. What? <laughs> Spider-Man's a fictional character. <laughs> I'm sorry, did I say Spider-Man? I meant Sandberg. I want you to kill Andy Sandberg. <laughs> Andy? Why? I'll tell you why. We did a movie together and I had to share a limo with him. And he kept popping his head out of the moon roof and screaming, Woo, look at me, I'm in a car. <laughs> the guy's a grade A chooch. I'm <laughs> not gonna kill him James I played your father in a movie you owe me <laughs> I won't do it he's my best friend how dead wait he's your best friend really <laughs> uh, I don't know that I gotta be how dare I met him Monday that's Bill Hader is so under like he's he's undervalued as I think most as, of the people who appropriately disappear into the characters yeah. they never get acknowledged in the people who are super over the top. He was perfect. Yeah. He was perfect and like Stefan is my favorite thing that's been on Saturday Night Live in like the last 10 years like him. Yeah, it's pretty good. Come on. It's totally good, but there's Well, and he's he's a he's a recurring character that recurred Almost too many times, yet was always funny. Yes, it, it is always funny. They over the they run so many characters into the ground, like every Kristen Wiig character. That that but. Bill Hader decided to do a series of sketches where he plays Vincent Price <laughs> makes me happy beyond belief. I have no idea how that happened. But. Also, when he played the the guy from the um, the NBC's investigative shows, like oh, really? <laughs> he's like, Ooh. Uh, how about this, Henry? Oh my God, what happened? What happened was you made Barack Obama angry. And when you make Barack Obama angry, he turns into The Rock Obama. Barely counts. And the whole joke was that, uh, oh, so when Barack Obama hulks out and becomes Dwayne Johnson, he speaks just as articulately, and The Rock has a pretty good Obama impression. Oh, that's good. I want to hear that. I don't have it. Okay. Because well, that's not the only superhero sketch The Rock Well, yeah, did. that's what I was going to ask. Like, if you've got a Rock one on here, then I know just the one. And this is great, because, like, the premise of the sketch is, holy shit, it's, it's uh, Perry White, mm-hmm. uh, Lois Lane, and Jimmy Olsen, played by Chris Parnell, Molly Shannon, and Jimmy Fallon. They know he's Superman. Can you believe Clark Kent thinks he's fooling us? Uh, can you believe he think he thinks we think he's not Superman? I do. There are several amazing moments in this sketch. 
Say, I didn't happen to miss Superman again, did I? Yeah, yeah, you, you sure missed him. Imagine that. Boy, it's a shame you keep missing Superman, Clark. You know, maybe you'd get a chance to meet him if we could only figure out his secret identity. <laughs> good, good luck on that one, Lois. You know, whoever Superman is, one thing's for sure. The guy is undoubtedly a master of disguise. <laughs> That's right, yes, I, I, think, I think you're right. We'll probably never know who Superman is. Now, if you'll excuse me, everyone, I, Clark Kent, have to get back to work. <laughs> Again, everything, it's all played excellently. I'm a big fan of the sketch. This uh, is early in Rock's uh, outside WWE career. Part of the reason why this took me most of the day is because, like, this sketch is, like, impossible to find anything but, like, Russian porn sites. But these scenes like this made made the Rock stand yeah. out from... Like, all these previous ones, like, if Hulk went on there and be like, no, I'm the hero, you don't yeah. laugh at me, I laugh at you. Like, no, he, he showed, what was the... That, showed what a great actor he was. The, it, it was in the Live from New York book mm-hmm. that uh, they talked about Stephen Seagal and how horrible yes. he was. That he, he wanted to, like, win every sketch. He's and, one of the people who ne- will never be invited back, and he's yeah. always included behind the scenes as the not the worst guest who made the worst episode, mm-hmm. but we'll never have him back in the studio. And they say the same thing about Chevy Chase. Uh-huh. But they keep. But he's at least an original cast member. I I just who watched. Who got in a fist fight with Bill Murray? I just watched the full. He was called Medium Talent by Bill Murray, like that, which is the like one of the meanest Ouch. insults Ouch. you could give to somebody like him. Uh, and also, he made uh, he made fi- SNL's first uh, gay cast member Terry Sweeney cry by yep. saying a bunch of homophobic things to him. He said that they should. <laughs> Pretend he has AIDS and count down <laughs> to when he dies. Oh, Chevy. And lastly, about, um, about Chevy, I watched, uh, I pulled up because they showed a clip of it. The mm-hmm. the very, the the so dark now, don't look back in anger mm-hmm. film sketch. That's so funny. Which it, it is so funny. And like Belouche gives, is so mean to, or the, the sketch is so mean to Chevy Chase. Oh, wait, the whole thing? They, I saw it the whole thing. Oh, and wow. like. He goes to Chevy's grave. And the, like, premise, the premise of this is that that it takes place years in the future, where John Belushi visits the grave of all the original he outlived SNL cast everyone members. Like, else. Ah, they thought I'd be first to go, and I outlived them all. Which it's very is weird the now. Total opposite of what that everybody when, knew was going. to When happen. he did that scene, he was like three years away from his death. Like Dude, the joke is knew. on his death in the yeah. sketch, but that he and the so, public knew it. Otherwise, the joke doesn't work. When he was at Chevy Chase's uh, thing, he was like. Uh, too bad for him. He died right after, right before his movie with Goldie Hawn premiered, and he says nothing else and walks away. <laughs> and like he said nice things about everybody oh, else, wow. but not that. But not him. But I All hope right. I hope he dies soon. Yeah, back to more Rock the Superman sketch. What a bonehead! <laughs> you said it. This guy is really not pulling off this whole Clark Kent routine. <laughs> well, at least he is calling himself Clark Kent now. I mean, remember when he first got here, he was calling himself. Soup-ar-man? <laughs> he, he had all his paychecks sent to the Fortress of Solitude. <laughs> hey, 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 you want to see something funny? Watch this. <clears throat> hey, Clark, how's that story coming over there? Oh, it's coming along fine, Mr. White. Oh, and uh, how long do you think it's going to be, Superman? Well, after I make a few cuts, uh, uh, uh that is, is Superman here? <laughs> <laughs> uh, <laughs> uh, and then... I, I don't know. I lo- is the gay joke in here? Did oh, of course okay. it is. All but right. this this is this is probably my favorite of all the jokes they make. It's, I love the idea of Superman being really dumb. Uh, <laughs> Look at this column that he wrote. Um, 
In South Metropolis yesterday, an unidentified man was shot seven times. Sources at the scene say the bullets did not bounce off his chest. Um, er, not that they should on ordinary humans like us. Couldn't <laughs> <laughs> he just edited that out? Let me the victim could have avoided being shot if only he were faster than a speeding bullet like me. Dot, dot, dot. Oh, man, you're doing it again. Play it cool, Superman. Play it cool. Well, that's just plain lazy. And it's, it's, it's terrible reporting. How, how have we not fired him yet? I'll give him a break. He saved the entire city hundreds of times. Doesn't mean he's a joy to have around the office. I mean, the guy's really a slob. Yeah, apparently fighting for truth, justice, and the American way doesn't include flushing when you're done in the can. Amen. <laughs> Amen. I... Uh, oh, that like that's perfect. That's, it's perfect. It's not getting the best reaction from the audience, but fuck them. We get I, to appreciate. And also, it. his Superman costume is like visible under his. Yes, kit. yeah, yes. It looks the great. whole time, and his hair is. And also, it, it was such a good joke. I'm like, The Rock could play Superman. Mm-hmm. It's a good, it's a good fit for I his body type. But he's playing. Is he Black Adam? Is that official? Uh, that is yes. He is Black Adam. Word. They haven't cast Shazam yet, but he's Black Adam. And uh, this is, well, yeah, never mind. This is not the only gay Superman joke we have. Okay. Uh, hey, yeah, and it's also weird that that guy, uh, Superman, is a full-on, out-of-the-closet homosexual. Well, that's what they say. Oh, what? What? Huh? <laughs> Superman isn't gay. Oh, sure he is. Real gay. Yeah. No, 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 wait. I always heard he was pretty manly. Oh, no way. You get Superman in a truck stop men's room, you won't need kryptonite to bring him to his knees. <laughs> hey, hey, come on, really? <laughs> Superman isn't gay. Sure, he experimented a little back in Smallville. <laughs> <laughs> that Smallville one. Oh. <laughs> um, well, there's there were. Now we're <coughs> getting into our final two. Oh. I'm surprised there's not more. I know there was one uh, with when Emma Stone hosted. Oh yeah, uh, with, yeah, but let's not remember that version of Spider-Man. No, let's the sketch is not. Is like not but the sketch is. is not even about Spider-Man. It's mm. about actors working on a Spider-Man movie. Yeah, so yeah, f that. That's why I don't like it. But there was one I hadn't seen. The host is um, Hugh Jackman. Okay, um, I'm guessing somewhere in 06, uh, around the time Superman Returns came out. It's super. He's uh, Hugh Jackman is playing uh, Superman. Visiting the Fortress of Solitude for the first time. Is this going to have another gay joke? Oh, it will, yes. Okay. Uh, but the, the, it's also... But it's... I do appreciate it because it's the Fortress of Solitude and it's one of the few sketches I've seen deliberately play with silence. Hmm. With this crystal, the mystery of my true identity will be revealed. My son... You do not remember me, Will Ferrell. I am Joram. I am your father. Father. As time is measured on Earth, I have been dead for many thousands of years. That's basically same stuff pollution. You are Kalan, the last son of Krypton, defender of the light that is truth and justice. Father, I have so many questions. And together we shall find the answers. <laughs> all my knowledge, all my wisdom are stored in these crystals I bequeath to you. My only son. <laughs> so. <laughs> How's it going? 
<laughs> Fine. That's good. <laughs> how, how are you? Great. Cool. <laughs> you need any money? <laughs> no, no, I'm all right. Awkward conversation with your That's dad. That's what the That's joke is. So and then eventually he's like, <laughs> There's... Oh, hold on. Your mother wants to talk to you. Um, <laughs> Rudolph. Up. And colorful. Wild. And colorful. Wild. What's that supposed to mean? Oh, nothing. Nothing. So do you have any friends? Fred, yeah. There's uh, Lois Lane. Oh, you have a girlfriend. Thank God. <laughs> no, well, she's... Mom, mom, mom. <laughs> mom, she's not really my girlfriend. Oh. Yeah, we're just buddies like, uh, we're just buddies like Jimmy Olsen, you know, this teenage kid I hang out with. Oh. <laughs> what? No, nothing. What? No, no, it's nothing. <laughs> It sure is colorful. Yes, it, you sure look colorful. Oh, man. Uh, it reminds me of how many times I probably never picked up on my parents. Assuming Trying to figure out if you're gay or not. Yeah, like, I'm not gay. I'm just unpopular with women. Like, what the fuck? Uh, your parents fear those things. But here, this, I remember the, 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 the sequence of which I fell in love with SNL. Mm-hmm. I fell in love. And it was like 1992 or 93. Uh... So I had a sleepover, friend's house, Ryan, uh, and Macaulay Culkin was the host, and I'm a big Macaulay Culkin fan because I'm fucking 11 and Home Alone is the greatest. Yeah, of and, course. And then, like, the next episode is MC Hammer, who to me was the greatest recording artist who had ever existed, and, like, why Clearly. am I not watching the show all the time? So that's the cast I fell in love with, and mm. I think just a year before, uh, that whole cast had been together, and I had never seen the sketch uh, that was about the death of Superman. Oh, I've seen this one. Have you seen it? Yeah, Sinbad, baby. Oh, I was going to have you guess. God damn it. Sorry. All right, never mind. It's uh, we'll, we'll, we'll put it to the audience. But it, it's uh, Rob Snyder playing Jimmy Olsen, greeting Sorry, people. Sorry, I Super- should not no, have been. fine. At Superman's funeral. Okay. Hawk, Hawk woman. Hawk man. Jimmy Olsen, Superman's pal. Don't be silly. Of course we know you. Jimmy... It's a terrible thing. Yes. Uh, there are so many... Like, this is my cast. So to, yeah. see, uh, to see them all playing superheroes, I've never I've never seen this before today. And those are some expensive costumes, too. When I think of the costuming of the, yeah. of the, of the super sketches, I'm surprised they ever do them. Well, there's, there's one that's particularly bad. We'll get to that one. Uh, that's Rob Snyder as Jimmy Olsen, and we also have David Spade as Aquaman. Wow. Aquaman. Glad you could make it. I brought some shrimp. Yeah. If you need anything else, kelp, seaweed, anything, you just name it. <laughs> so, so if you think you're hilarious by saying Aquaman sucks and only powers fish, it's, that joke has been being done I well. I think it was almost kind of old then. 1992. Yeah. Um, but then, boom, bursting in. A big fan at the time. Still not entirely not a fan. Adam Sandler as The Flash and Tim Meadows as uh, Green Lantern. Hello, Flash. Green Arrow. I mean, Green Lantern. I'm sorry. I'm just barely keeping it together. Tell me, life is so unfair. You know, Superman could do anything. He could fly, x-ray vision, super strength. All I can do is run fast. No, don't say that. No, 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 it's true. All I do is run fast. He could run as fast as me, but he never mentioned that in all these years. He's a real man. I like that. (laughs) 
Uh, he did that okay, but I uh, other people could have done that. Oh, better. for sure. But th- this this is one of my favorites. It's I think the only time like twenty years later, Al Franken comes back to play another DC <laughs> character um, against Tim Meadows Green Lantern. He plays Lex Luthor at the funeral. <laughs> Fucking love it. Senator Al Franken, by the way. Yeah. Senator He's playing Lex Luthor. Pretty humorless. A, a politician playing Lex Luthor. Teehee. Uh, gentlemen, may I show you to your seats? Lex Luthor, what are you doing here? Well, it's, a, it's a tragedy, a real tragedy. It's <laughs> great loss. Just a pity. Just tragic. You don't mean that, do you, Luthor? <laughs> All right, you got me. I'm glad he's dead. Uh, <laughs> uh, he was a worthy arch rival, and uh, I'm here to show my respect. But uh, I gotta tell you, I'm I'm happy he's gone. This this should be a great year for me. Tim <laughs> <laughs> uh, Meadows is really putting in the work that he's trying to sound like a superhero in a cartoon. It's like Lex Luthor. What are you doing here? I don't think he gets enough credit because he never really found a lot of. He didn't find a character for a long time. Until the ladies' man. Until the ladies' man, which is like, what the fuck? Like, not even that. Actually, doesn't even fit what the character is. No, no, I do think it's a great character. I think it's one of the better SNL movies. Yeah, Um, but it is. But he was he was a utility player that did a pretty good job filling just about any role. He's a good actor, is what Mm. I'm saying, I guess. Uh, But oh man, this this because there was not as much overlap as you think with all these cast members. Mm -hmm. Now we have Batman. Played by that, I don't recall. Do you want to take a guess? Uh, Hartman. Hartman is Perry White. I'm not oh, sure if I grabbed a clip of that. Caesar's ghost. Uh, yeah, in, totally. Ah, uh, then uh, uh, Kevin Nealon. No, it's 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 Dana Carvey. Oh, it's wow. Dana, Dana Carvey. Because like too I don't think shorts for Batman. Well, I just don't think we. There's a, something in me that leads me to believe he wrote this sketch. Okay. Something about it. I don't know why. Uh, he's playing Batman. He's presiding over the funeral. Mm-hmm. Uh, but I also love because he didn't overlap a lot with like Sandler, Spade, and Snyder. No, he really. That's why I didn't guess him either. I was like, yeah. well, no, he's already gone off to Hollywood to make uh, great films. And not only is Dana Carvey playing Batman, fucking Chris Rock is playing Robin. Wow, progressive. And I have no idea who is playing the Penguin, but it's awesome because it's the exact version of the Penguin I wanted to see parody. Not <laughs> Batman. Thank you for, for coming. I, I said I wasn't going to cry. That's why I was quiet until about a minute ago. It's okay, Batman. <laughs> Sorry. Uh, I can't help it. Oh, now, here I go. When I see you cry, it makes me cry. <laughs> Stop laughing, Penguin. I'm not laughing. This is also how I cry. <laughs> sounds like Robert Smigel. Uh, it might have been Smigel, actually, in a lot of makeup, though. That sounds like a writer character. Or a writer. One of the writer parts they give. Like, yeah. Well, there's a ton uh, of those. This is one line. Writers, you say it. There's a ton of the, uh, a ton of those. I'll get into that. Here, I just... This is kind of the, a lull in the sketch, but... Man, I, this is an epic episode. Yeah, sorry, buddy. No, it's, I like it's it. It's my favorite, uh, my number one SNL cast member of all time, uh, Phil Hartman playing Perry White. Great Caesar's ghost! <laughs> what can I say about Superman? He only called me Chief once. I told him, don't call me Chief, and he never did it again. <laughs> Great Caesar's ghost! 
And yes, the host, uh, like, the, I was going to ask you, like, guess who was the host of this? But, uh, like, I'd never seen this dude. Never. Wow. And I, and I couldn't have been, like, more wrapped up in yeah. the death of Superman. I, I read the fucking fact, novel. I remember, I remember seeing it on Comedy Central. I thought it was awesome. Man, I, but I, I saw this. I was talking to Dave about that. Like, Comedy Central was... They, had my, they slashed all of, it. Had they, all of my attention because, yeah. of, like... Even when they didn't have a new and great piece of programming on, they had SNL mm-hmm. all day long. That filled, unless it was a bad movie, they'd occasionally replay over and over again. Or Mystery, Science, or Mystery Science. And they lost the rights to E and, to me, never recovered. Like, that was just the first channel I went to all the time because I knew I... Well, SNL just wasn't it. special anymore. Once it went to E and then VH1, and it's just yeah. like... I wish Comedy Central would take it back, but it's not central to their programming anymore. They have yeah, a lot so of different sad. programming now. Uh, not so... I know it's just... Life moving on. Though I also yeah. know the pain of turning to Comedy Central and seeing like, oh, it's a it's a Brad Ward episode. <laughs> I still I'm good. I still like that I have that knowledge. I've mm-hmm. read all these books and I've seen almost all the sketches. You know, like yeah. that. Um, and a lot of them are like on Yahoo and Hulu. I think Hulu has seasons one through five and then skips to like thirty. That's um, too bad. I, I, cause but I also, Yahoo should have everything. It's just unsearchable. Yeah. I dug up. I actually dug up the. Uh, the Radner special Gilded Alive. Mm-hmm. Like it's oh god, it's so beautiful. Really? Like yeah, it's her it's just her doing like she reprises a lot of SNL mm-hmm. characters and it's just a one woman show that's just very physical. She's so funny. Uh she was so full of life. And it's also like I I think I kind of like identify with her with my mother. I'm like, Oh, you're you're my like there's something very like she she reminds me a lot of my mom and my, I know my mom was a huge it is a huge Gilda Radner fan, so so unfair. In yeah, I like Gilda Radner because she's so. In the way she reminds me of my mom is that she's like such a goofball, and she yes. loves she loves goofy jokes and just like this is silly and corny and like that's mm-hmm. that's that's like my mom too, but but still feeling fun and and even cutting edge at times while being corny. I'm glad you said all that, but it's very hard to segue into Sinbad. Okay. <laughs> I was you behind remember? Sinbad on a plane once. You were, yes. Yeah. Do you remember what character he's playing? Uh, I believe Black Lightning. Jesus, buddy. Excuse me, this is a private service. Uh-huh, no, I'm Black Lightning. <laughs> Black Lightning? You know, Black Lightning, you know me. Me and Superman were like this. We was tight. You know, I had my own color book back in the 1970s. Well, I'm the one time how to fly. That's better if you know me. Yo, Batman, what's up, man? It's me. <laughs> and then he shocks Rob Snyder with lightning and says it kind of hurts. It's a cool reference. Like it, I yeah. Had, it's such, you'd have to have watched the Super Friends to know this. Guy. Yeah, it was. I think it was. It would have been the first mainstream reference according to my chronology <laughs> that acknowledged Black Lightning. Ah. Uh. And then he steals shit at the end of the sketch. Yes, at the end of the, the sketch concludes with him stealing shrimp, and there is yes, of course, but it's actually Julia Sweeney saying, "I hope Clark is coming." Yeah, and so another is Clark Kent Superman. Oh, that is the beloved joke of SNL. But a, I'm guessing a deliberate dork reference. This is what we can close on. Um, on one side, everybody is dressed like superheroes, but like okay. the bride and groom on one side is DC. On the other side are Marvel characters, and I'm like, are they going to get a line? And like, I love the way Carvey introduces it. Uh, some people here from Marvel Comics that come to pay their respects. And it's Spider-Man, Tom Davis is Mr. Fantastic, and Chris Farley is the Hulk. Of course. I. I wish I. Hulk, not good with words. <laughs> Hulk, write it down. Puts on his glasses. 
Superman was that rarest of things. <laughs> Every superhero owes him a debt of gratitude and homage. His life was the superhuman expression of the noblest aspirations of man. And in death, he has become the ideal. <laughs> wow. Uh, uh, lovely essay on Superman. That's great. From Beyond the Grave from Chris yeah. Farley. Hey, buddy, that's it. Superhero Spotlight is concluded. Once again, sorry for going uh, That was great. No, I loved all those SNL scenes. Those mm-hmm. are fun. Like, I think, I think a lot of people miss the, like, they haven't, you've... You have to have seen like almost every SNL sketch. She's not all of those are famous, and some of them like even are like, yeah, bad. not article, bad. But I want to say an article on, on Den of Geek helped me out with this, but I would like to put up something on Laser Time that embeds all these. So go to lasertimepodcast.com. dot com. All right. Well, this week. Uh, so we are running a little long, but I did want to talk about the question of the week answers to last week, which we had a was question uh, of the week, <laughs> which was what was your favorite? Who's your favorite uh, lady in superhero comic them? Which surprisingly, like lined up with uh like somebody some asshole just recently found out about the uh a, a woman is now thor and is talking about how this is destroying the it's it's the worst like don't don't seek this out i'm I just think, saying it's weird to see people complain about it again i'm just like it's been happening for a while it was yeah. announced even longer ago and that you don't that this person does not give a single shit about comic books like, i think it's a good message to be wary of there are people out there with a vested interest in trying to upset you mm-hmm. and, and you looking upset. for what could make uh, say geeks upset mm-hmm. more about something to perhaps bring more views to that person. I, I, it's, I don't want to allude to all that, but it, it, it does exist. And like, this wasn't, a, this hasn't been an issue for months. Yeah. And or like Glenn Beck whined about uh, Black Spider Man once, and like, and it went away. Yep. And that Spider Man. Glenn is Beck great. went away. Or Glenn Beck just talks to the crazy people who listen to him. Be but. just be wary of people who wish. To try and try and make you angry for no reason. Mm-hmm. Anyway, <laughs> um, yeah, I just I had to get that off my chest I when I saw that story. It pissed me off. So. I understand. All right, uh, Waka Dude said Waka Dude twenty two said just finished Alias and Jessica Jones is kind of the greatest. Mm-hmm. She does a lot of rad things in that book. She fucks over J. Jonah Jameson. She bangs Luke Cage. She bangs Ant Man. She bangs a cop that looks like Luke Wilson. She solves a bunch of mysteries. She makes Peter Parker feel like an asshole. She actually gets J. Jonah Jameson to say nice things about her. <coughs> She's a bodyguard for my Murdoch. She totally laughs in some Tarzan ripoff's face, mm-hmm. and she beats the shit out of a purple jerk. She's the best. <laughs> I this this Christmas this Halloween I will be going as the purple jerk. <laughs> purple. Fear me, the purple, purple jerk. jerk. Uh, Triscable oh, says uh, Elena from Saga or Forever from Lazarus. Uh, so a very, uh, very image. Love Forever. Answer. I want to. I want to. keep meaning to read more of Lazarus, but I keep waiting for a collected edition. It's it's slow to come out, but it is a good book. Still, right? go pick those. Like the fact that they're nine dollars, like at a mm-hmm. retail comic store. When I go, I, I go at least. I've said that before, but I want to say it again. I read comics mostly digitally, mm-hmm. but I go into a retail comic store once every two weeks, once a month, and just buy. Just buy an image comic from the dude. It's such a great... Uh, Lazarus is such a great combination. I've mm-hmm. said it before, but it's like... Children of Men meets Game of Thrones. Mm-hmm. Like, it's such... And it's it's a really cool really take great. on fantasy. Uh, it's sort of like a fantasy, but also sci-fi and corporate. And like, mm-hmm. All right. Uh, Smar said... 
Uh, Smarts pulled out one I did not expect, which is Tesla Strong from the Tom Strong books, who's the uh, the daughter of uh, science hero Tom Strong, and she's this like impulsive but super smart uh, young woman of color. Like she's she's really cool. The Tom Strong book in general is just an awesome series. This this really fun. Uh, colorful throwback series by Alan Moore and Chris Spouse. It's such a good book from the from I think it started in '99. Uh, and then annual gift giving man who's fr- who lives on, on the moon, moon uh, says lives Liz Sherman from mm-hmm. the Hellboy books. Uh, BPRD is the most consistent comic of the past 13 years. Makes me wish I'd read it more. And she has been the an integral part. To, of it from the start Her powers are comparable to Storm's But she struggles with them in a more acute way So Love it. I, I, should, I should check out more BPRD I had read the Hellboy books by Mignola mm-hmm. But when they started the spinoff book BPRD and it didn't have Mignola's art I just wasn't as into it I was like, what is it BPRD? So it's Hellboy without Hellboy And without Mignola's art I, I, I didn't make appointments viewing for it But now I, I need to make a I need to make it a before so gotta be thorough buddy jeffrey dolly lomer <laughs> says uh, uh my favorite would probably be raven in teen titans i like that she's more introverted unlike most comic book heroes and i love her sarcasm yeah i cut out the line that rob snyder says to Hawkman and hawk girl i'm like here we have you seated next to the teen titans and i don't know why but that was my <laughs> first like big laugh uh-huh you're, uh-huh. you're adults and you're seated next to the teen titans <laughs> Uh, Aimbot Master says Alyssa Megan Powers from Empowers with the outfit mm. like Carol Danvers and the attitude of a 20-something Kamala Khan. She's cheery without coming off as cheesy. Mm. Uh, my name is my name says the chick who played Kitty Pride wasn't given anything to do in the movies and Halle Berry seemed like she was hired because she was the most notable black actress at the time. But in the comics, Storm and Kitty Pride from the X-Men are awesome. Storm can wear herself a mohawk and her amazing powers and, and has amazing powers and is quite a leader. Uh, Kitty is such a scrappy character who used her wit and leadership skills. She's also literally a genius. And lastly, Super Giraffe says, I am a big Kirby fan. Jack Kirby, I'm thinking, he means. Uh, he says, I love the fourth world, and so Big Barda will have to take it. She's a real badass, and she's been neglected by DC recently. The runner-up would have to be Lo- Lois Lane, but I figure you're looking for characters who actually fight or commit crime. Hey, that's not true. Lois totally counts. I would take Lois. I, I just wouldn't pick Lois immediately because I just... Hero? No, I think that she she isn't given a lot to do. She's, uh, I think... She's a complainer I, and a chess piece. Well, she's a, che- a chess piece <laughs> is a good way to put it. And also, like, she has a history of being one of, like, the worst stereotypes of superhero. She's been around the longest. For, like, yeah, she and she had her own book, which mm-hmm. was, like, what women had her own book, like, like mm-hmm. uh, in, in DC or Marvel back then. Like, it was very rare. But the caveat to that was her book starred her constantly being a bitch to superman i'm just mm-hmm. like i'm gonna find out your secret identity i'm gonna destroy you superman i'm so, like she was she was superman's reminded, enemy reminded of the all-star superman issue where she's given superman's powers for a day yeah it's a very great story it's a great story in all-star superman superman so no, all-star and Super- she's the only character in a comic to give me a legitimate erection in the 2000s henry what from from what comic uh, what was it was on three comic book day in like 2004 Okay, the Lois Lane comic. I don't know what it was. Her yoga pants, the lighting. I have no idea. That might have been the day I took methadone. Let's not talk about it. 
Wow, this is this is a crazy story. It's not dark. Um, all right, so those are, those are all the answers to last week's uh, question of the week. Thanks to everybody. And so this week's question of the week is: uh, Do you think that you know too much in advance these mm. days? So I, I say this because I'm I'm interested in what's going to happen in. They say, oh, big things are going to happen in the Spider-Verse epilogue. And I'm like, whoa, what's this big thing that's going to happen? But then they're setting up, like, I, I could then look up, oh, what happens in the, what's in the previews for the next six issues of Amazing Spider-Man that is to come? Here it is. Boom. Because they have to solicit it early to get to sell them for people to pre-order it. And so, like, same with, like... Brian Michael Bendis' final issue of Uncanny X-Men would have been really cool to just see, oh, wow, here it is. But you know about it three months in advance because they'd you'd know about it in pre-order form. Yeah. And you can look at speculation. <coughs> you can look at speculations and you can see where things are going. Yeah. And so I do miss, you know, just having it delivered and seeing a story unfurl itself instead of like... Also, if you just want to read spoilers like, oh, a, a big issue came out today. I should read it to see. I hear a crazy thing happens to Superman. I should read it. Instead, it's like, no, I'll just go to a news page I, and the news story will just tell me the the crazy thing that happened. I'm reminded of a Simpsons line that I have to paraphrase because I don't remember. It's Grandpa and Jasper listening to the radio. Paul Harvey, I believe. And that little boy that nobody liked <laughs> grew up to be... Bruce Banner and they both look at each other and go wow and it's like I like being informed but I never get a wow moment anymore it's very rare it's it's rare and we were talking about the Age of Ultron trailer Mm -hmm. and I made speculations that I I think I'm right about but I wish I hadn't said it and I wish I wish more importantly I didn't think it well and they have to act they have to be very protective of stuff too like Mm -hmm. the trailers can have every scene in the movie like Definitely, I was upset to see, once I saw The Dark Knight Rises, to see mm-hmm. in, like, oh, that thing that looked like the climactic final battle? Mm-hmm. Yep, that really was it. And when I saw when I saw Amazing Spider-Man 2, mm-hmm. to see the giant rhino fight was literally the last seconds of the movie, oh, and they showed sucks. all of it in the trailer, I thought, come on, guys. Like, And so I think... I try. We, I try and live in the moment of the thing I'm enjoying, and I, mm-hmm. I do like... I don't do spoilers, and I'm sorry if we spoil anything in the Oscar episode... Note that I didn't do it. I just didn't it was it me. Out. I was me. You spoiled Grand Budapest Hotel, a fucking comedy. Yeah, like the, the, the everything that happens before the reveal is the important part. <laughs> everything. Um, but, uh, but yeah, I think I think you end up knowing too much. I like that Whedon with the first Avengers, and mm-hmm. I'm thinking with the second was very protective of scenes, and he's mm-hmm. like, no, you won't know that. Was. Like, we won't. Well, yeah, him and Marvel though. I think like he, they could have shown. True. They could have sold. They could have had a lot of buzz if they showed that they even implied a Hulk Thor fight would happen in the film. But they didn't show a second of it. So when it finally happened in the movie mm-hmm. and they just, the two characters collide, I was excited anyway. I would have been excited anyway. Mm-hmm. But to see the two of them, like, like to know, to, to have no foreknowledge of it and be like, holy shit, they're together. Yeah. Yeah. I love that. Reminds me of like the anno- the uh, you, this annoying thing I have to do on occasion, watching things with Ann Lewis and Tyler Wilde, who will sit there and watch and try and predict. I know where this is going. I know where this is going. I'm like, shut, shut up. Let's just enjoy this. Oh my god! And that's and, and I have that no. It's such a problem. Oh, I'm, just, I'm hoping I'm hoping they hear me, but uh, <laughs> and rush the mics. Um, but otherwise, I'm gonna have to apologize later. Oh, that'll suck. 
No, I didn't. I didn't mean that. Even though it does happen a lot, <laughs> uh, but it, I don't know. I don't know. I so did, yeah, to, I, to be to not be able to like uh, be present in in like just in a moment. Uh, well, I I also I you felt, don't need to be smarter than what you're watching and reading. I felt bad recently as a spoiler of things like because. So we, uh, this is a wrestling thing, another wrestling story, but we, we watched the, the NXT special. Mm-hmm. We watched it on delay. Like, we didn't watch it live. We watched it, like, four hours after. Like, I didn't tweet about it till four hours after the fact. I thought, yeah, this is fine. It's, it's been live for four hours. Nobody will even care what I think about it because it, it's, like, old news. Mm-hmm. And then... I tweeted about it, and then someone who I I am assuming does not live in the American time zone or just couldn't watch it live that night tweets at me and says, who's been a loyal follower, I recognized him, he's like, I'm sorry, I have to unfollow you. You've spoiled wrestling for me so many times. And and I totally understand. And if you're listening now, I totally understand your stance. It feels different with wrestling because it is a... it's, it's supposed to be like it, a sport. It happens it feels once like in a live the world. sporting event, and so the when it happens, that, it happens. The idea it's like, that it's not for you is fucking tragic. There really isn't a method yeah. of watching that. I mean, other than like being asleep. Well, and it does, and it, it's reductive to just say like, "Well, hey, just don't go on Twitter till you see the thing." But, I do that for all Marvel movies, by the yeah, way. Yeah, though also, but that's why you have to see it that day. Like, mm-hmm. if I had been like Brett and seen Thanos trending mm-hmm. the day Avengers came out, I'd have been. I would have been excited and then immediately pissed, like, God damn it. Like, and then I remember he said at the time, like, he didn't even think anything of it. Uh-huh. He was, the reveal with, it, it had, the precedent hadn't been set for reveals like that at the end of films. Not that level of reveal. Not that level of reveal. So he saw, he saw Thanos trending, mm. but was still surprised in the theater. <laughs> and then, uh, such, we've said it a million times on this podcast, but it's such a great moment of, like, Everybody in the audience who's a nerd freaks out, and everybody else is like, "What? Who what? is what? The, this? Is meaningless? What? It's a purple dude? Who cares?" Like, which they still haven't really even done anything with him, anyway. Yeah, he he said words. He had <laughs> a voice. You heard um, okay, so anyway, yeah, go to the forums, answer this week's question of the week. Do you think we know too much at a time? Yes. And explain yourself, and we will read our favorite answers. On next week's episode, and now it's time for the plugs, which I command you to not skip. Please don't hit fill forward 15 seconds. Dude, listen to the Oscar show. <coughs> uh, donate to the PayPal so we can get Hank some cough medicine. Jesus. Sorry. Uh, and and uh, check out Video Game Apocalypse this week. It celebrates its 100th episode. Wow, 100 episodes. Yeah. I remember that. Did Michael come out of the closet too? Uh, you'll have to find oh, out. Okay. Uh, See, I, I don't want him to wait till 200. Put it up on Twitter. Uh, if you're not a fan now, you never will be. <laughs> it's a very, it's a very, it's 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 an us centric episode, and it's very rewarding for longtime listeners. Yeah, and I, it was as rewarding 100 episodes should be. as a participant because, it, but it's not you know, it's not this celebratory thing about video games. In fact, yeah, whatever you should listen. It's long. It's fun. It's the most I've laughed in a long time. I should, I recommend it highly. Uh, and go to lasertimepodcast.com. We got some Amazon deals up there this week, as well as a bunch of other articles, including hopefully this SNL feature um, up by now. Awesome. Well, I'm looking forward to uh, seeing all that, and uh, yeah, check all that stuff out. Keep, uh, keep, keep them flying, guys. <laughs> Until next time, Excelsior. Excelsior.